Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I am your host Leslie Sullivan and today is episode 39 and we are going to take a look at a very interesting verse today. It is from Psalm 23 verses 1 through 4 and I'm reading from the NRSV version. So let's go ahead and get started on this one. This one says, "The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures." He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. I think this is a wonderful set of verses because it mentions so many wonderful things about our Lord and what he thinks and knows that we should do. and what his plans for us are. And some of this stuff may seem hidden, but it really is listed here. So let's take a look at it. It says the Lord is my shepherd. What we tend to forget is what a shepherd is. Now here in the United States, we don't have shepherds. It's not like how in the Middle East and other countries they still have herds and things like that. We don't conduct um farming like that as much as we used to back in the day. So we may not really completely understand the role of a shepherd but a shepherd is one who literally guides his sheep where they need to go for food and water and safety he does have a rod and a staff but it's never meant to be used on the sheep it's not to hit them or abuse them the rod and the staff of the shepherd is to beat up the wolf and the wolf is the devil and he really does love to tear people up unfortunately that's just what the devil does But the Lord is our shepherd. And as sheep, we know his voice. I don't know what you know about sheep, but sheep are very loyal to their shepherd. For example, if there's multiple flocks and you have multiple shepherds, each sheep knows his own shepherd's voice. Like they're not going to go with a shepherd that is not their shepherd. It's just not going to happen. So being that we are his sheep, we are the Lord's sheep, we need to be paying attention to his voice and his voice alone. because one of the ways that we get off track is by listening to bad shepherds or not even listening to a good shepherd at all and just doing our own thing and that's not a very smart thing to do so it goes on to say he makes me lie down in green pastures i think that's difficult for people in the united states to understand that because we have a very busy hectic and kind of anxiety driven society Whereas if you go to Spain or Mexico or Italy they are very relaxed, sometimes too relaxed over there. But the Lord wants us to lie down in green pastures. If you think about it, the Lord wants us to be happy. He wants us to be blessed. The devil doesn't want us to rest. The devil doesn't want us to think that we deserve green pastures. He doesn't want us to strive for that. He wants us to think that we deserve to live in a desert and that everything should be tough and that we should just live these simple humble meager lives and that's not what the lord wants for any for any of us at all so just be aware that when someone tells you you need to be more humble i would question that because first of all i would ask them well what does the word humble mean to you because what i've noticed is that whenever someone tries to critique me like that it's always because they're jealous of something i have or something that they want or they're just trying to control and and uh, manipulate my life or my personality So recognize that whenever someone wants you to change, you need to question why do they want you to change 
Is it because they're noticing something that that they think that you need to change for God? Or are they just wanting you to change because, you know, they're just an evil, wicked person themselves? You need to learn to question other people's intentions. And it's okay to do that because the Bible says a faithful friend is a sturdy shelter. He who finds one finds a treasure. What that means is a faithful friend is hard to find because they're rare. It's very rare to be able to trust someone with the 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 majority of your life, you know what I mean? I don't think we should ever trust someone wholeheartedly because I think that puts your heart on your sleeve. I think the only individual that we should trust is Jesus. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying that we should distrust people, but you need to be careful who you give your heart to and who you trust. Because we need to be looking to Jesus as our shepherd, and he will bring us the correct people in our life that we can trust. It says, "He leads me beside still waters." I love that because Whenever we are focused on Christ, we should have peace in our heart. Whenever we do not have peace in our heart, there's something going on there that needs to be addressed. So just know that if you're having a irritated life or a stressful life, you're in the midst of a storm. You're not near still waters, and still waters is where you need to be. Because we were not made for hurricanes. Human beings, you know, we were not made to endure stuff like that. we just were not so recognize when you are in a storm in life whether physical spiritual mental or financial whatever the case may be and go to god with that and ask him for help because he wants you to have peace in your life the devil does not the devil is the author of storms so just recognize that a storm is not what god intended for you but he will get you through it and he will get you out ahead so that whatever the devil steals from you god will give that back to you 100 or 500 fold So just remember that. It says it goes on to say he restores my soul. What I love about Jesus is that he wants what is best for us always. The devil doesn't want to restore our soul. He wants to steal our souls and throw us into the pit of hell so that we will be tormented all the days of our life. So just know that if you are currently being tormented, you know, whether negative thoughts or maybe a, a you don't have a job or you know you have a family situation going on or maybe you're concerned about your country, just know That is the devil tormenting you and you need to pray about that. You need to give that to God. Because God is the only one that can handle that. That doesn't mean that we sit at home and do nothing with our lives, not by any means because we have to take action. But we're it's it's going to be very difficult to take the appropriate action if we don't have God in our life and if we don't have Jesus be our shepherd. Because when we realize who we are in Christ Jesus and the, that we are the seed of Abraham, then we realize we have a hedge of protection around us. So recognize when a wolf is trying to jump over the hedge and get to you and get a hold of your throat. Just realize that. Cuz remember the devil is a liar and he the only thing he does, his main goal and mission is to steal, kill and destroy. He does not do anything else except those things. So recognize when something's not right. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. I look at it this way. The path that Jesus has me on is always good and true. Whenever I get off track, that just means I'm following the whim or some lie that the devil has told me. So I always need to stay on the right path and it's for his name's sake. Now, for a time I thought, well, why is it always about him? I was very frustrated because I was like, well, what about me? Am I being forgotten? Here's the thing. Considering that I was raised in a cult, I understand what it's like to feel forgotten and to not feel valued and loved. and loved. So if you're one of these people like me that you don't know how to be loved or valued, you're probably going to think 
what I do, and you go, oh, so it's for his name's sake, not for mine. But here's the thing. When you make it about Jesus Christ, it is about you. Because it's only when you, when you how to describe this, it's only when you ask Jesus to come into your heart and make you brand new that it is about you. And it's for good intentions and that Jesus loves you. If you're just trying to do it all on your own, you're not going to feel love because you're going to feel like you're constantly spinning your wheels. But when you put, when you ask God to come into your life and you ask Jesus to come into your heart and you put God first, everything else falls into place and you are not forgotten. You are not abandoned. You are not an orphan. You are loved. You are part of God's holy family. You're one of his children, so you're not forgotten. goes on to say even though i walk through the darkest valley i fear no evil it says even though i walk through the darkest valley so when we have tough times and there are really tough situations in life we don't pitch a tent in our sorrow we don't just stay where we are and just get depressed and not know what to do we know what to do we know to believe in our lord jesus christ because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world If God be for you, who dare be against you? So don't stay in the darkness. Go go into the light and keep walking through that dark valley because the only way to get out of that valley is to keep walking with Jesus and towards Jesus. Keep walking towards what you want, which should be a better life. It should be health, wealth and prosperity. That's what it should be. If it is not within the goodness of God, then you're walking in the wrong direction. It's okay to have to change your life. It's okay to change course. Sometimes we don't change course because we don't want to do any kind of change. And we think, well, is this the right change? Why do I have to put effort into this? Here's the thing. Even if you don't make a change, you're still having to use effort to stay where you are. And it's actually more draining and more exhausting to be depressed, miserable, angry, bitter, broken, anxiety-driven, panic-driven. It actually takes more effort to live in that than it does to live in the goodness of God. So choose the goodness of God every day of your life and you will be abundantly blessed, abundantly so. Goes on to say for you are with me, your rod and your staff they comfort me. What we may not realize about shepherds is that shepherds have a rod and a staff that is never meant to beat or hurt the sheep. It is meant to whoop up on the wolf that is trying to kill and slaughter the sheep of the flock. Unfortunately, Christianity has been warped by cults. It has been warped by bad denominations within Christianity that just shame and blame. It's like they're constantly browbeating people, which is never appropriate, never kind. And God doesn't like browbeating. God is not a browbeater. He loves people. So if you're in a church that browbeats you, you need to leave. You need to go to a Christian church that does not browbeat and does not shame and blame you. or other people but it lifts people up because we're supposed to be loving and kind. You know, it's really important to to recognize when you have a good shepherd that is leading your flock, the flock that you're in at your church. You know, I know from leaving two different cults that I made a big mistake by not paying attention to who I was allowing to be my shepherd in my church. You know, I can't change a church, but God can. And until that day, I need to find a church and I have found a church that fits more closely to what I personally need in my relationship with Jesus Christ, which is a good and kind shepherd that never shames or blames me, 
and doesn't give up on me. Because there's nothing worse than when you are in your weakest moment, you know, you know you're ill, you're sick, maybe you've lost your job, you're frustrated, you're depressed, whatever the case may be. There's nothing worse than that going through all that and and your shepherd doesn't care about you and doesn't love you. Or maybe the church that you go to they don't want to help you. They don't think you're worth helping. That's what happened to me. Cuz in the churches that I went to in times past, it was always like, well, if something bad happens to you, then you must have done something wrong because God's trying to punish you. So why should we help you if God's punishing you? See, they were agreeing with the curse of the devil, not with the blessing of God. As Christians, we are never supposed to act in a demonic manner. And being cruel to people is demonic. I always find it interesting whenever people get upset about the tragedies that are happening in our world, but then they're doing some pretty serious, hateful stuff right there in their community. I have to say, oh, you hypocrite! You're on a quick path to hell with that attitude, and with being cruel to people. I mean, I just think it's so interesting that. There's some Christians they think they're holier than now. But yet they they're not always nice to people and some are quite cruel and they give themselves permission to be mean to other people because oh well they don't go to our church. They're not our denomination or this person goes to our church and we don't want them going here anymore. So maybe if we're mean to them enough they'll figure out we don't want them here. That happened to me. And it's cruel and sick. Needless to say, I've learned a lot about cults over the years. And I'm actually reading a really good book right now. Let me see if I can find it. I just started reading it, but I bought some books on cults because I was like, you know, I've been in two of them, unfortunately. And I understand exactly what this book is talking about. One of the books I'm reading right now is called The Challenge of the Cults and New Religions, and it's written by Ron Rhodes. It's an excellent book. and it says the essential guide to their history, their doctrine and our response. This is such an amazing book. I wish more people would read this because even though it only it only touches on maybe 12 or 13 cults uh, specifically within the United States, there's so many there there are thousands of cults. I mean it doesn't even mention the two that I was in. But I know that being that cults tend to behave and act a certain way in one cult, they'll act that way in another cult. So, needless to say, I'm learning quite a bit. And then the next book I'm going to read, which I would encourage you to read, is called Combating Cult Mind Control. Let's see. And this one's written by Stephen Hassan or Hassan, however you pronounce that. And let's see here. This book is called Combating Cult Mind Control. It's the number one best-selling guide to protection, rescue, and recovery from destructive cults. You know, I desperately needed that. I needed to be protected, rescued, and I needed recovery because I realized I've realized over the years that sometimes the way I think and what I say is a result as of the cult that I was raised in and the cult that I was in as an adult. And It's so it's hard to undo indoctrination sometimes. However, I have learned that by focusing on God's holy word, which is one reason why I started this podcast, was to shed some light in the darkness because I figure if I was in a cult, technically in two of them, 
then I bet others have been in cults, and sometimes people may not realize when, when they are in a cult. And so I might go through this book, the one I'm reading right now, The Challenge of the Cults and New Religions, because it has some really good, not necessarily guidelines, but like, kind of like how you would know if you're in a cult. Um, because some of us, I don't think we realize we're in a cult until it's too late. And then you've been indoctrinated, and then it's like if you leave, then you either lose your family, your job, or your friends, or all, all of it. And in some instances, I've lost one or all of those at different points in my life. And it's been very difficult to get my life back together. But here's the thing. It was difficult to get my life back together on my own. But when I left um, these cults and I, I rededicated my life to Christ and got rebaptized and I gave my, my life to Christ and I let him be in charge, not me, It wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be to leave these cults and to leave behind the stress and the turmoil. Because whenever I put Christ first, not a doctrine or a theology, when I put Christ first, I am provided for every day of my life. I have peace that surpasses anything I've ever known. I'm so happy with it. It's so beautiful and so wonderful to finally have peace in my life. And I just wish I could have had this peace from... From childhood on. But unfortunately, you know, when you get indoctrinated into things like this, into cults, it robs you of so many things. But I do know God's promises. He promises us that whatever the, the devil steals from us, he will repay us. And not only that, but a hundredfold, if not more. So I know that whatever uh, these two cults that I was in, whatever they stole from, from me will be returned to me. And I will live, and I am living, a way blessed and way more prosperous life than I ever have. That doesn't mean I don't have hardships come up, because I do, but I'm able to get through them so much easier than in times past, because I'm not indoctrinated anymore. I'm free from all that. So I do pray that if you are currently in a cult or you know someone that is in a cult, you need to get them one of these books. Or, first of all, you should read them first. And maybe be able to help people escape mind control. Um, because there, there's definitely a lot of mind control. And here's the thing. God gave us free will. So our mind belongs to us. And we're supposed to focus our attention on God. But if we are allowing a religion or a cult or an ideology or a doctrine or a theology to control and manipulate our mind then we're, we are not living in the covenant of God. We are not living the way that God intended us for live, to live, which is freedom. See, whenever you, whenever you get indoctrinated into something that is not God's holy will, you're living outside the goodness of God, which is why there is so much misery in cults. And it's usually women and children that suffer the most, which I can speak from personal experience on that. Um, but for sure, do get those books. I'm reading one of them right now. So far, it's going really great. And for sure, get a really good Bible and focus on that. And allow God, allow him to, to, to mend your broken heart. Give him a chance to be your shepherd. Because Jesus will always lead you in peace and happiness. He will never lead you into something that you can't handle. He will never lead you into stress. He will always guard you and protect you. And what a wonderful thing that is. But until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. 
that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you.